Welcome to the Bigger Pockets Money Podcast, Finance Friday Edition, where we interview David and talk about balancing pet medical bills, starting a new business, and repositioning your retirement contributions to make lifestyle better. Hello, hello, hello. My name is Mindy Jensen, and with me as always is my rock star kicker co-host, Scott Trench. You might be unaware that Scott is famous as a kicker for the football team of his high school. That's right. I I, uh, I was on a great high school football team. We won states twice in a row in Maryland, which is no, no slouch. I came up today because our guest David is, is from Maryland and went to another local powerhouse football program, high school called Sherwood. My high school was River Hill, and I was all state as a kicker uh, uh, without kicking really any field goals. I kicked one field goal my senior year. We just kicked I just could kick it into the end zone at a high, high percentage of the time and get a lot of touchbacks. So Mindy, <laughs> thank you very much for the nice intro. And with me as always is my great always has an extra point to make her co-host Mindy Jensen. That was a good one, Scott. Scott and I are here to make financial independence less scary, less just for somebody else, to introduce you to every money story because we truly believe financial freedom is attainable for everyone, no matter when or where you are starting. That's right. Whether you want to retire early and travel the world, go on to make big time investments in assets like real estate, or start your own business, taking fantastic trips around the country to beautiful places and around the world. We'll help you reach your financial goals and get money out of the way so you can launch yourself towards your dreams. I love that little foreshadowing you do at the beginning of every show, Scott. This one is very interesting. We start off in one place in the show talking about the pet medical bills that our guest has, but quickly pivot to his side business which is actually rather exciting. I would love to take a trip with him. Um, they run, he and his wife run adventure tours, which sounds like so much fun. Uh, before we bring him in, before we really get into that discussion, I have to tell you, per my attorney, the contents of this podcast are informational in nature and are not legal or tax advice, and neither Scott nor I, nor Bigger Pockets, is engaged in the provision of legal tax or any other advice. You should seek your own advice from professional advisors, including lawyers and accountants, regarding the legal, tax, and financial implications of any de- financial decision you contemplate. Before we bring in David, I do want to have one quick point that I want to make. Um, we are going to talk uh, the the issue with his dog and the expense associated with that um, would have been a devastating impact to many other people's financial positions. We are going to talk about that in detail in the outro, and we're excited to welcome our producer, Kaylin, who is an expert on pet insurance, to come in and talk about some of those, uh, some of the nuances there. So if you're interested in that topic, stick around for the outro. We'll have a little segment on that uh, that I think you'll find very interesting and helpful if you're a pet owner. And we have a new segment of The Money Show called The Money Moment, where we share a money hack, tip, or trick to help you on your financial journey. Today's Money Moment, making an online purchase before you buy, search the hashtag for the brand's name plus the word partner on Instagram or TikTok to find any active influencer promo codes for the brand. For example, if you were buying something from Target, search hashtag Target Partner. Remember when you had to pay to get a Leeds phone number? It was like the dark ages until Deal Machine made skip tracing a thing of the past. Now, with your Deal Machine plan, you'll get unlimited access to phone numbers and contact information for no extra cost. That's right. Get high quality, reliable information trusted by leading financial institutions, all fully compliant with the federal do not call list. Explore over 150 data points, including age, gender, marital status, occupation, and a ton more. Trust me, this is the data you need for off-market deals. With new filters, people flags, and color-coded phone numbers, lead management just got a ton easier. Ready to step up your investing game? Sign up for a Deal Machine plan today and gain immediate access to this unlimited treasure trove of contact information and phone numbers. Just head to dealmachine.com BP. Transform your lead generation and deal-making strategies with Deal Machine. Sign up today and start exploring the unlimited possibilities at dealmachine.com BP. When it comes to financial guidance, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When Mindy and I want to upgrade our wallets, we turn to NerdWallet. Scott's right. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, Mindy and I were paying for vacations in cash 
missing out on miles, and not even knowing what we're leaving on the table. But now we're flying through the skies for free, thanks to our new cards with more miles and upgrades than ever. So if you want more travel rewards, hotel upgrades, or airport lounge access, no matter where you go next, let NerdWallet help you make it happen with a killer travel card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms of each credit card issuer apply. Real estate investing is great, but for some, the tenant phone calls and clogged toilets aren't all that attractive. So how do you invest in real estate without getting your hands dirty? Invest for truly passive income with Pine Financial Group. Pine's mortgage fund offers an 8% preferred return and an attractive profit split with 70% of profits going to the investors. You'll earn passive income by participating in lending to house flippers. And it's secure because senior lien holders, that's you, get paid first. Their rigorous underwriting process and the backing of the physical asset provide additional security in case of borrower default. Plus, by investing with Pine Financial Group, you contribute to the revitalization of communities by redirecting your funds from Wall Street to Main Street, supporting local economies, and generating profits simultaneously. This investment is reserved for accredited investors. But if you are not accredited, Pine Financial has options for you too. Take control of your investments and secure a stable 8% annual return today. Visit pinefinancialgroup.com biggerpockets to learn more about the fund. That's pinefinancialgroup.com biggerpockets. Today, we're speaking with David, part of a high-salary couple with a sick dog. Their high monthly income is currently being dwarfed by the higher cost of dealing with the costs associated with severe pet illness. Today, we're going to talk about rentals, side businesses, and debt pay down while pursuing financial independence with this great big asterisk. David, welcome to the Bigger Pockets Money Podcast. Thanks for having me. Let's jump in because I've got a ton of questions for you. I'm showing in your money snapshot a salary of approximately $10,000 a month split between you and your wife. Monthly expenses currently total $14,926. And that is because we have a pet cancer expense. Are we going to call this an expense of $6,200 a month for the first four months of this year? We also have $1,100 in groceries, $481, almost $500 in wedding and events every month. You look like you're about the age where all of your friends are getting married. So that's always fun. That goes down as you get older, just uh, something to look forward to. Uh, but you know, various other expenses, I don't think anything is extraordinarily high, except of course the pet cancer treatments. On the investment side, you are doing fairly well. You've got a total of 71000 in cash split up between 48 in personal, 15 in your real estate business fund, and eight in your uh, other business fund. Uh, let's call that your side business. We'll get into that in a minute. Investments for the future, 203000 Nice job there. 71 in a Roth. 118 in a traditional IRA and 14,000 in a taxable account. However, we do have some debt. We have 26,000 in credit cards and 14,500 on a car loan. And rounding all of that out, there are it looks like four rental properties. Yep, four four properties. I like your diversification right now. But we have a lot to talk about. First off, Let's look at your money story. Give us a brief overview of what's going on. Sure. So, uh, you know, I've, I'm married a couple of years ago during the pandemic. And since then, my wife and I, uh, you know, we've bought a house and we've bought four different rental properties. I guess one of them was actually a rental property I was living in. So I kind of did a live-in flip. I know, Mindy, that's that's a big thing for you. So I bought a house, um, fixed it up. It was a foreclosure, you know, redid most of the house myself, uh, other than like the roof I paid someone to do. And then my wife and I moved out of that into our current primary residence and um, turned that into a rental. And then we have, so that's also in Maryland where we live. Where about in Maryland? Oh, we're up in uh, Cadenceville, 
uh, near Baltimore. All right. Same county as where I grew up. I grew up in uh, Howard County in Columbia, Maryland. So small world there. Awesome. Clarksville, Washington, J.C. Yeah, right down the street. Yeah. So, you know, so we've been into the real estate investing, have a few properties in the Cleveland area that have been successful. And then recently, we've kind of been looking at how do we want to design our, our lives ar- around hopefully starting a family soon. Um, you know, I don't think both of us necessarily want to work until we're 70 years old and and then stop. Um, I think especially with our side business is something my wife kind of wants to move into more and, and to sort of replace her primary job um, as we build a family. Um, and so, or you know, we're, we make good income. I think we have some flexibility. It's really figuring out where we want to put our efforts and what we should invest our time and our money into to, to create the future that we want to have. Let's walk through, um, you know, part of the money story here we got to acknowledge is the, uh, um, your dog, I believe, who is sick um, in this unfortunate situation. Can you um, describe what's going on with your dog? Yeah. So uh, our dog, Blaze, um, we got him one week after my, my then girlfriend, now wife, moved in with me. Um, and he's, he's amazing. He's like our child basically, since we don't have kids yet. Um, so he was diagnosed with lymphoma in, I think it was October of last year. And we had no idea he was only three years old at the time. Um, we had no idea that it's the most common cancer in dogs. And the average age is like six years old for a dog with lymphoma. Um, and at the time, we were told there was no cure, so you can try to give him chemotherapy that might prolong his life, and then that's that's kind of it. Um, but we found out that there's one place in the world, there used to be two, but, but it seems like NC State is shutting down their program, um, that does bone marrow transplants with a 90% success rate in curing dogs um, if they have a bone marrow donor. Um, so we've had to, we've tested, I think, 14 or 15 different dogs, which was fairly expensive. Um, we finally just found out yesterday, actually, that we have a match for Blaze. So we're very excited about that. Um, and we'll be flying him out to Washington State from Washington, D.C. Um, with the donor dog to have his transplant uh, next month. And and walk us through what this has cost you and um, your ins- your pet insurance situation, because we see there's a line item in your budget for that. Yep. So we had pet insurance for all of our pets um, through the ASPCA, and it covered $5,000, which when we bought the pet insurance seemed like a lot of money for a uh, you know, pet illness. Um, but it's so, so far, I think we've spent about sixty five dollars or $70,000 through treatment diagnosing him, which was very difficult for some reason at the beginning, and then uh, the donor matching. And then we expect to spend another 50000 in the in the treatment uh, in the bone marrow transplant. And we have found a new pet insurance. The one we're using now is called True Panion. A little plug for them because it's really a similar price and they have no cap on their, on their payout. So our other dog, Trek, has that insurance now. Um, so anyone out there with a pet, if you're if you're like us, you'll, you know you'll do just about anything for them. Get good pet insurance; uh, it can make a really big difference. Yeah, I think that that's that's a great takeaway here. I think you know, looking back at the situation, it's it's you are you know everyone's different. Some people would say, no way um, would I would I go through with the what you've already spent to uh, uh, for my dog. Some people are I would spend ten times that amount and put you know and, and pay it off for the next five you know, decades, if that's what it took. So just, you got to know that about yourself and get the unlimited cap, you know, or or the unlimited insurance with the best provider available and shell out for that. If that's, if you're one of those folks that are willing to do that. Um, but we're here, we're here where we're at. Um, thank you for sharing that so that other people, um, can, can learn from it. And my understanding again, is that you're $60,000 into this and you'll you're planning on another fifty thousand dollars on top of that for the the surgery. Yep, that's about right. And do you have any debt associated with this right now, or have you been able to cash flow or finance all all of it so far? We've been able to cash flow it. Um, we're not captured in this as I've been working a lot of overtime, so that's helped a great deal. Um, and then we also had we had some payout from the pet insurance, and then we have a GoFundMe that we've been able to raise a little bit of money for. Um, so. We're right now we're okay. 
Um, the, the transplant's going to be a bit difficult, but, you know, we've gotten this far, so we're going to make sure we get them over, over the line. Okay. So what are the biggest things that we can help you with here today? Because when I look at that, this is a crazy expense. I've, I've never heard of a pet situation that has cost this much, although I'm sure they're out there. But you cash float it so far, and you can cash float again. You have, you, by my, my calculation, you've got fifteen thousand dollars in real estate cash, eight thousand dollars in your business account, for, and forty eight thousand in your personal account for seventy one thousand dollars. So a couple of quick reallocations, and you're still left with twenty thousand dollars in cash to cash flow it. So this is a setback, but not a, uh, not even really the story. We don't even have to do that much, you know. Uh, financial gymnastics to get to get past this particular hurdle. Yeah, and and we liquidated some I had like a a play investment account that had a little bit of my things like that. So we've made some adjustments and pivots. We've kind of I know in my uh, in my worksheet that I sent you we have like, you know, how much we're investing per month and things like that. We kind of just suspended that while we were um, you know, paying for or while we are paying for the bills with the dog. Um I th- I think more you know, this was a setback, but you know, if if I have to retire a couple of years later because we saved our dog, I think I'll, I'll take that trade any day of the week. Um, but but what we're looking at right now, you know, I think we're kind of a similar age, Scott. We're looking to start our family in the near future and just try to design our life the way we want to um, and figure out, you know, what's the best strategy for us to invest? Should, you know, should we pursue more real estate? Should we consolidate some real estate? I, I have some questions about whether I should continue contributing to the Roth 403B or switch to traditional given our, our tax rate. Um, and then I think we, and, and this is not something set in stone, but we have a side business. And an idea we've had is when we're raising our kids to, if my wife could move from her full-time um, job into that side business, it might put us in a situation where instead of having childcare, she's just making less money. Um, and, and we might have a, a better quality of life for what we want for our family. Um, so just kind of figuring out with the situation we have now what the best strategy, overall strategy is to achieve some of those goals. You have a pretty neat side business. I'm actually really interested in finding out more about that. Uh, can you tell us about it and how you got started with it? Sure. So uh, it's uh, we lead bicycle tours, backpacking trips. And we also do like corporate retreats and and, and private trips like that. And so uh, my wife rode her bicycle across the country for uh, the Ullman Cancer Fund when she was in college. And around a similar time, I rode my bicycle from my aunt and uncle's house in Los Angeles to my grandfather's house in San Francisco. And so we both kind of found this bicycle touring thing and then we got together, we rode our bikes across France, we got engaged backpacking in Scotland is kind of our, our big hobby. Um, and, and during the pandemic, uh, it, it, you know, we didn't have anything to do. We were suddenly working from home. And so we decided to start a business. Being outside was about the safest place to be uh, with, with COVID. And so it's, it's really a passion of ours. I'm not sure if, it's, if I had to pick a business, the easiest one to make money at. There, there's some challenges with that. Um, but it's something we're really passionate about, and you know, it's it's still work. But I I would much rather be on my bicycle or helping other people hike somewhere really pretty uh, than sitting behind a desk. So, um, as as kind of like a retirement quote unquote job, um, which I know a lot of fire folks do, where you have a, a job that pays a little less money but fits your lifestyle better. I think it's kind of the ideal job for both my wife and myself. So what sort of income are we talking about on this job? And what sort of hours are you currently putting into it? Yeah. So right now it's it's at the really early stages. Um, I think this year we're expecting to profit after taxes around $14,000. So not a huge income. Um, and, and we're not really counting on that money. We're going to be investing that back into the business as we go. It, it really depends on, on how many trips and things we want to run. So if one of the limitations we have now is I only have so much leave from my day job and so does my wife. So we can't run a trip every week because we're, we're working. We are working on hiring some guides who will be able to lead trips so that we won't have to be out all the time, uh, especially if we're starting a family. You know, we're not going to be want to be out on the road or or hiking in the backcountry all the time. 
Um, but right now, I think one of the things that we're working on is is uh, marketing, getting you know some some name recognition, and building relationships with with other organizations to kind of have have trips. Um, you know, there are businesses that do this stuff that you know are multi million dollar gigantic businesses you may have heard of, and then there's some smaller niche ones. I think we would tend to fall in the smaller category. Um, but I'm, I'm kind of thinking if we can make, you know, 50 or $60,000 a year at this leading, you know, 10 trips and, and us only leading a few of those, that, that could be something that could work really well. So that's awesome. So how you, you said 10 trips, how many days in total would you be away from your house during those trips? So it, it really depends on the trips. Um, but I'd, I'd say a good average would be four to five days per year. Sorry. Yeah, per year. So it'd be so. Let's call it fifty days of of actual trips per year, um, with hiring guides um, and things like that. I don't know if we would have to be away all of those days. So one of the things we're working on now is establishing trips and routes and training guides so that we can be in a position where we're we're running a business and we can go out on trips as we want and make a little extra money. Um, but we have guides who are actually providing that service, you know, away from our house in the future. What does it cost to market for, set up, host, and run one of these trips? How does that? How does the cash flow work? For an example, yeah. So it, it, that's something we're figuring out. So uh, the baseline cost is we have to run a website. Our insurance is pretty expensive because if someone gets hurt, um, you have to have insurance for that. They don't just sign their life away on a waiver. They, you do, but apparently those waivers are meaningless is what I've been told. So, <laughs> um, yeah, apparently they can still sue you. It's just a deterrent for people suing. Um, but, and then we have a few permits we have to get if we're going to be in national parks or things like that. So it's a fairly low overhead cost um, just for the baseline of the business. Um, where we're trying to figure out is do we market on Facebook or on Google um, you know, how we're, we're, we're marketing in person. So we're, uh, both lifelong triathletes. We've done tons and tons of triathlons. We're very connected in that community. So being out in the community, talking to people, getting people excited, establishing relationships, it's really more of a, so far has been more of a time commitment than a cost commitment. And we're a bit limited just because we have day jobs and we've been taking care of a, you know, a sick dog, which has been a time suck as well. Um, but but basic to answer your question, you know, I think to set up a trip, a thousand to fifteen hundred dollars initial investment is probably a, a ballpark right now. Awesome. And what's the uh, revenue for that trip? Um, it it ranges. So we have trips that might just be an overnight. So your, your revenue will be somewhere around like four or five thousand um, dollars. And then we have trips. Like I'm leading a trip in a, in a few weeks that's nine days long. And so if we've fill that trip, the revenue might be twenty to forty thousand dollars. So there's kind of a range. And then the corporate and private trips tend to be around ten to twenty. Ooh, how do you get the corporate and private trips? Th- that's that's what we're really looking at right now. Uh we have another we did one last year, we have another one this year. And then private trips as well. We have just people that we're working with. Um I think that's the niche that we want to move into because it's especially the corporate trips, it's a group. What they want is to, to give you a call, not have to think after they make the initial decision, you take care of everything for them and they're willing to pay for that. Um, our costs are a little bit higher to run them, but they've been, they've been really rewarding and they've been a lot of fun. So I think that's a direction that we would like to pursue. So how did you get your first corporate or private trip and how can you replicate that? And that's not really something that I need an answer to. That's something that you should be thinking about because then you're not trying to get one-off people to sign up. You're just selling the whole trip and they're su- they're supplying the people. Um, also, people already know each other. So it's a more – it can be a more cohesive trip. It can also be a way worse trip if Betty from accounting doesn't get along with Bob from sales. What What is the seasonality with this business? Um, so it tends to run – our trips tend to run from about May to October. Um. Although I do have a dream, I, I've ridden my bike across New Zealand um, of taking some Americans out to New Zealand for a cool trip like that, which would be our winter. Um, but it is pretty seasonal um, in mostly summer and fall tends to be when people want to go out. When it comes to financial guidance, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. 
When Mindy and I want to upgrade our wallets, we turn to NerdWallet. Scott's right. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, Mindy and I were paying for vacations in cash, missing out on miles, and not even knowing what we're leaving on the table. But now we're flying through the skies for free, thanks to our new cards with more miles and upgrades than ever. So if you want more travel rewards, hotel upgrades, or airport lounge access, no matter where you go next, let NerdWallet help you make it happen with a killer travel card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms of each credit card issuer apply. Saving for a down payment, a wedding, or just looking for extra money to invest? Monarch Money turns your budgeting woes into wins. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best budgeting app overall. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash pockets. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it easy to manage your money like a pro. Add a partner or family member to your account for no extra cost, so combined finances become a breeze. Customize your budgets and notifications, set up automatic rules for transactions, and more. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash pockets. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash pockets for your extended 30-day free trial. Deciding how to invest your capital can be extremely challenging especially when the market is constantly changing. That's why it's never been more important to partner with a company that has a great track record. The BAM Capital executive team has successfully navigated through the Great Recession, COVID-19, and the current interest rate environment while delivering maximized returns to their partners. BAM Capital is a trusted multifamily syndicator with over $1.3 billion in transactions, delivering a historical average of over 35% IRR with an average hold period of three and a half years. BAM Capital has consistently paid preferred return distributions for over 50 consecutive months, has not lost limited partners' capital, and has not called capital past the subscription amount. BAM Capital's disciplined investment strategy is targeting undermanaged institutional quality trophy assets throughout the U.S. heartland for accredited investors who are looking for generational wealth building or monthly income opportunities. Their offerings target cash flow stability, capital preservation, long-term appreciation, and accelerated tax benefits. Join BAM Capital's over 1,200 investors across 44 states and get started today at BAMCapital.com. Again, that's BAMCapital.com. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Okay, so what's the theoretical maximum for this business, business we just talked about? I'm, I'm, I'm seeing numbers in the two, $300,000 revenue range if you can book out that, that season. Yeah, I, th- I think if, if we... If we dedicated and went full time and and were successful I think we could make two three four hundred thousand dollars if we built a big business um I'm not a hundred percent sure if that's what we want or not that's kind of a discussion my wife and I have been having in the short term uh, because you know if we're having young children being away can be you know difficult and things like that I think our goal is more in like five to ten years having a business that's growing. Um, I'm not planning on quitting my job. So we have that stable income. And then I was almost viewing if we can cover our expenses with my income, viewing that as we can use that for, you know, vacation money and investment money and things of that nature. Have you approached your company with a reduced work schedule proposal? So I'm, I'm thinking about moving to a compressed uh, work schedule where I'd have Fridays off. Um, so right now I'm the director of engineering. We're a small company and we're growing. Um, there's a there's a path which could lead me being to running the company in maybe 10 to 15 years. Um, so I'm not really thinking about backing off of my 
work. I enjoy what I do. Um, I, I like the people I work with. Uh, I do the things that I've been, been working on is, is getting more, just more leave. So working normal hours, but if I have six weeks off during the year or something of that, that nature, I can have vacations, I can lead trips and I, I can have that flexibility. I also have a ton of flexibility with my schedule. Um, just telecommuting, I can telecommute as needed, however much I want. They don't really care if I, you know, if I work extra, take off Friday, it's, it's a very flexible uh, workplace. The more leave is what I was really getting at. If you could reduce your time so that you are only working four days a week, but then, oh, I've got this big trip coming up. Can I work five days a week for a month or two months to bank this time? If there's some sort of flexibility there. Also, you said that you could be leading the company in 10 to 15 years. Is that something you want to do? Yeah, it is. Uh, I've been working, I've been here for, I think, nine years now, and I'm 34. So most of my career so far. Um, and I've, yeah, it's something I, I really would like to do. And it's only, I've heard the term kind of like intrapreneur rather than entrepreneur. So I feel like I have some intrapreneurship opportunities. Uh, now I'm leading my own department, hiring people, and you know, kind of building the work that I like the most. So, in in that sense, I I kind of almost feel like that's a a good path for me. And then, you know, if there's an opportunity far further in the future to have like a semi retirement or a reduced role, if I'm financially independent, I can probably work something like that out. Well, walk me through what your um, wife's job is and what 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 she wants to do. Awesome. So she's actually also a civil engineer. We had went to the same program in college. Um, so she works for the USDA Natural Resource Conservation Service. So she's out. Um, uh, her job's out of Annapolis, although right now she's 100% remote. Um, and they work with farmers um, for a bunch of different programs. It's a lot for water quality. Um, as you know, Scott, the Chesapeake Bay here is, is kind of the big thing. So they're working on water quality. She's kind of administering programs and and working kind of at a a state level for regulations. Um, I think for her, it's more of a job than a career, if that makes sense. Um, I think she is more of the mind of she would like to move into the business and make that her full-time thing eventually. Um, But she, yeah, so she also has a a good paying job with great benefits and, and all of that. Okay, so so walk me here. Here's my my big question. You guys make a combined two hundred twenty five k a year, um, and you have this, these aspirations for a business, but neither of you want to quit your job. Um, so, like, what what what, what wh- which is it? Well, how do how do we help you from a directional standpoint with with this? Like, you know, uh, I'm I'm I, I I there's a lot of paradoxes here today. You've got this dog that is, is sick and that seems like a big issue, but you've got the cash to cover it and you can just work extra to, to cash flow. And that's where your values are aligned. Um, and then you have this business that seems like a great idea, but you also have these jobs that are a great idea. So we're kind of choosing between several different good options here. And I'm not, I'm not really able to tell which way you're strongly leaning from these, which, what, what is, what is your instinct and what, what, what do you want out of the next phase here? Well, if you told my wife she could quit her job tomorrow and do the business and it would be fine, she would say, great, see you later. I'm done with my job. So I think there's a pretty strong feeling there for her um, that she would much rather be working on the business. Um, I think there's a little bit of our lives are comfortable and we're making good money. So it's scary to commit more time and energy to the business or like leave the job and work on the business before it's making money. I think that's probably a little bit of a fear-based, uh, we're kind of slowly building it. Um, and also everything with the dog going on this year, we cut back from the expansion that we were planning with the business. Um, but it really, it's like, I'm, I look at the spreadsheet and it looks pretty good, but it, we're not financially independent. I don't feel like I have a, you know, especially if, if my wife wasn't working, we wouldn't have a ton of extra money to invest and, and do all these things. We'd really only be just about paying our bills. Um, and so I'm trying to figure out how to make that happen in, in a in responsible way, I guess. I think the big elephant in the room is the dog medical bills. And until those are done, there's not going to be a lot of flexibility because. If she's not working, 
you can't afford those dog medical bills. That's the bottom line. Um, so that we'll, we'll have to get past that. But then once we're past that, you've been cash flowing that so far and you do still have a lot of cash on hand for what looks like the remainder of the the bills. It doesn't look like you're going to be tackling any taking on any more debt with regards to that unless something else pops up. Does is that accurate? Yeah, I mean the cash number is a little deceiving cuz our credit card is has a high balance right now, so I take $26,000 off of that cash total. But I think as a general statement, where we can get through the dog bills, and that's, I guess, really the question for me is, okay, we've gotten through the dog bills. We need to rebuild our cash reserve a bit. You know, now now what do we do? Um, I think we both kind of felt trapped for the last year just dealing with this and not being able to do anything else. Yeah. you. I don't want to be like, I'm not trying to be mean about it, but you are trapped. This is this is a choice that you have made. And then in order to fund that, you need to both continue at your job. I think a great thing for her to be working on right now is looking for more of these corporate and private clients. That seems to be a really great way. It's a high generator. You're not out there trying to sell individual tickets to everybody. You're just selling one trip. Um, if she could add one of those this year, add one, two more next year, you know, slowly start to ramp up. That'll cushion your cash reserve, help pay off that credit card, which we have not talked about yet, and get you to a point where she could potentially leave her job. Um, but until that ramps up and the dog bills end at the same time, I don't see a path for her to leave. I potentially see a path, Mindy. So look, look, your your situation is you have $71,000 in cash. You got $26,000 in credit card debt. Everything else is good debt. It's all home mortgages or what I presume to be a low interest car loan. Is that right? $14,000 in- Yeah, 0% interest. That's the only reason we had a loan. It's a, also, it's a business vehicle. Um, so we're to be able to depreciate it. And then we'll be able to write off mileage when we're done. And just to to clarify, the credit card balance that we pay it off monthly we just had a gigantic bill for the dog this month, and that's why it's twenty six thousand. But it'll be paid off um, with that cash. And is that part of the fifty thousand dollars coming up, or is that part of the sixty thousand dollars recently spent? That's part of the sixty thousand we already spent. Okay, so so here here's the situation. Absent the dog, you guys are accumulate. By the way, your your estimate here of ten thousand dollars a month coming in and four fifteen going out is incorrect. You are clearly bringing in much more than that. You guys are bringing in $225,000 per year. So you're bringing in closer to $18,000 a month pre-tax and post-tax, it'll be higher than $10,000 a month. You're also not including bonuses, right? And not including the the small amount of income you do have from your trips. Is that correct? Right. Yes. So the number of the the 10,000, that's our take-home checks every month. After we, we, because we're, we're putting all of our investing through our 403Bs and through the TSP is all into Roth. So we're paying taxes on that. Um, and then we also have an FSA and you know, so whatever other things. So that is our actual take-home um, pay per month, not including bonuses um, or overtime or anything like that. And that's So most of that's after tax, and that's an allocation decision. If, if you wanted to, you could be bringing home $14,000, $15,000 a month post-tax, right? So, or they're about thirteen dollars to $15,000 post-tax. So right now you're spending seven or $8,000 plus the $6,000 a month for the dog or $6,500 a month for the dog. So that, that is going to go away. If we, once we factor that out, we say, okay, you have a choice here, but you're going to accumulate about $50,000 a year in cash between the two of you with your current jobs. And your job alone comes pretty close to paying off, paying for your expenses. So if I, if I take all that in mind, you're going to have in the next 12 months, $50,000 coming out of your position. That knocks your cash vision from seventy-one dollars to $21,000, right? You've also got to pay off this credit card debt. That puts you negative $5,000 into the, into the red here in terms of total cash. But you're going to accumulate $50,000 if you so choose, and you can allocate that however you wish to the Roth, to the FSA, to the HSA, or to your cash position. And based on your circumstances, 
My thought is you just allocate that to your cash position right now. Stop the contributions for a little bit. Um, you you have a set of a set of choices here and a set of priorities, right? You think that this business is a good idea. Your wife would rather do it than work her current job. You've got a clear path to making potentially six figures, if not the first year in the second or third year from this business, maybe two to four hundred thousand dollars. And it's what she wants to be doing. So my my thought is by this time next year, you can be sitting on fifty thousand dollars in cash. We're past way beyond the, the the dog situation, and we're gearing up for the first full season in your new business. I don't see why you can't do that. You've got a great situation there. You cannot do that and max out your 401k and have a strong cash position that's responsible to do that and buy another rental property and contribute to your FSA. You have to choose, but I don't think that's an unreasonable set of prioritization if that's what you if that's what you wanted to do. Hey, we're going to save our dog's life. Then we're going to go and pile up cat. We're going to stop these contributions, pile up cash, and we're going to take a bet on this thing that we've been noodling on getting starting to get semi-serious about that's actually producing revenue and that has a six-month window. If you fail next year, and you probably won't, you'll probably have a great great success and it will be a solid income contributor to your house and you'll probably enjoy it a lot. But if you fail, your wife's out of work for May to October. And then she goes back probably by September or August if things are really bad. Um, like it's not, she won't have trouble re-getting another job in the same field, right? For within 10% of her current pay. Is that is that a reasonable statement? Yeah, and really in our field right now, if you can, she could get a job in about three seconds. Um, so that's, yeah, I'm, 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 I was surprised to hear you say stop contributing to the retirement accounts because if we did that, we could we could sock away a ton of cash next year um, or this year. I just think it's a better bet right now, right? You, your business idea passes my sniff test. You, you guys love it. You're clearly passionate about it. You take as much time as you can and optimize your careers to the extent that's reasonable around going on these trips. You're clearly knowledgeable about them and your unit economics are phenomenal. You spend 1500 and make $20,000 in nine days. Uh, let's do more of that, please. And, and you're probably enjoying yourself on the trip. Um, that, sound, that sounds pretty good. Unless, of course, you know, accountant Sue doesn't like uh, uh, lawyer Jane uh, per Mindy's earlier comment here, um, in which case you have a fight in the middle of the woods. That doesn't sound great, but anyway, what, like that, like your business sounds like, like that, that sounds like a reasonable bet to me. Um, and what's awesome about it as well is it's an asset. It's not going to be an asset that's going to sell for 10 times profit, like a, a, a big technology company or anything, but it's an asset. If you get the business and you build a brand over three or five years, you could sell it for one or two times profit. Uh, if you can get up to two or three or four hundred thousand dollars in a few years, so that's an investment. You're saying the investment here is you put fifty thousand dollars in your cash position, and you delay one year of ten percent average returns in the stock market for that. That's a good bet to me. I really like that um, compared to the other the alternatives um, that you've got. What's your reaction to all that? Oh, that sounds great. I mean, it's. Uh... I, I, you know, I think you're right. It's once we get past the dog situation, we'll kind of be able to look at everything with a clear lens, um, just because it's been dominating our lives for a while. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I really wasn't considering the option of stopping to contributing to retirement accounts just because it's, I guess, not probably a non-traditional advice, uh, that people would give. Um, but if we did that, I can definitely, even if she made zero dollars for a year, we, it's not like we'd be going into debt. We have we'd have cash, and we'd be able to cash flow our current uh, lifestyle. Um, so that that sounds good to me. So Scott just said something about your expenses are fifteen or nineteen hundred dollars, and you're making twenty thousand dollars. Is that truly accurate? That seems a little low. No, that yeah, that that's not. I apologize if I represented it that way. Um, it's just for getting a trip, like advertising going, it costs about that. Depending on the trip, our expenses, we aim for about 20% um, profit margin. So if it was a $20,000 trip, we're, we're profiting after taxes $4,000. So to, to, and then if, but at the same time, if we're working, I factor in, you know, uh, labor costs and things like that into it. So if, if we're working the trip, we're also getting paid, right? We're trying to build the business. So we're not, we're building a business on a job, right? So we're not vital to be at every single trip. So the way that I have, you know, kind of gamed it out is I think if we were able to have four or five private trips, 
and then you know two or three public trips that are of the bigger size that would that would be a viable business to me where it's making money and there's a there's a path forward what's your labor fee for the trip so if it it, it so if there's some the trip leader gets $250 a day a tour guide gets $200 a day and then if you're leading like a private trip where you have to use your own vehicle or something like that, um, they're getting $350 a day because we're not providing those things. Okay. So let's run through the math on a $20,000 representative trip. One of your your favorite types that, 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 that sounds very profitable. How much do you, does your wife, theoretically speaking, working this full-time next year, make on a 10-day trip that's bread and butter for your business? So she would be making like, as a as a compensation for running the trip about twenty five hundred dollars. And then the profit for the trip would be another five thousand. So that's like a seventy five hundred dollar trip for us if she's working it without me. If I'm working it as well, it's around ten thousand. Okay. So we got twelve thousand five hundred dollars for how many people attending the trip and costs? Probably about five to five to eight people, depending on the trip. So that's a thousand dollars. $1,500 per person for 10 days. $4,000 a person. For 10 days. Okay. So it's $400 a night. So it's a really nice Airbnb comp. What what what, what, are you, what am I getting as a participant on this trip? Okay. So I'll, I'll, we have a trip coming up. I'll just use that as an example. So we're cycling across the entire Blue Ridge Parkway from Asheville, North Carolina to Charlottesville, Virginia. Um, you know, we're carrying your stuff for you. We pref- we also We camp and we stay in hotels. So we provide camping gear and things like that. We provide all meals and accommodation for the duration of the trip. Um, and and we've created a route and with things to see along the way that you're going to see the, you know, the coolest stuff along the Blue Ridge Parkway and in these mountains um, yeah, as part of the trip. So that's kind of the, the package that we're selling. I'm going to have to go on this trip to test it out. I'll let you know what I think of it. Is there a BP money discount? A hundred, absolutely. <laughs> Did he say a hundred percent? A hundred percent discount? I think that's what he was going to say. <laughs> you know, you know, Scott. If if I get to ride next to you and pick your brain for ten days on money stuff, it might be worth the hundred percent discount. So. What What's the name of your company? Uh, Blaze Adventure Tours. It's actually named after our dog. That's our that's our dog, Christer. Okay, so so a hundred thousand dollars for the dog's health is an investment in branding for your business. So I think that. Oh, could that be a business expense? <laughs> <laughs> that's marketing fees. That'll help. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay. So so we got we got uh what is that four thousand dollars in profit on this trip plus another twenty five hundred dollars in wages for. Your wife, plus maybe up to thirty five hundred, depending on if you're using the family vehicle or the business vehicle that you talked about here. So that's seventy five hundred dollars per trip for uh, for ten days, and you probably have a hundred days of potential in this business. Um, so that's seventy five thousand dollars in profit potential with just your wife working the business for one season. Is that how's that for back of the napkin? Yeah, that that's that's good back of the napkin. And the other thing too is we we have you know these trips are about four to eight people. The private ones can be more. So a trip where we only have four people, we might make a little less. If we're able to put eight people on a trip, we make more. So it's really, I think the the name of the game for us is getting more reach. And and I think Mindy hit the nail on the head after hearing about this business for about three seconds, which is private trips and corporate trips um, are much more profitable and take a lot less of our time because, right, I have to convince one person at that company or in this group of friends, that this is a really fun idea instead of chasing eight different people across Facebook and phone calls to try to get them to sign up. And that's where we've been spending a lot of time in a, uh, you know, per hour, 10 cents an hour uh, cost because, you know, you're, you're just trying to sell. And we're both engineers and we're really, really, really good at planning fun trips, less good at uh, sales uh, calls. So I think uh, Mindy... It, that's a, a very astute point is that we should move towards the private trips. But walk, well, let's go back a second here, right? Your maximum potential profit from what I just described is $75,000 um, per season. You're saying it could be a little bit more. Do you think it could be double, 150 grand? And that's if you're working all 100 days of the summer, right? Yeah, probably closer to 100. But where it becomes, I think, more profitable is when we, we start having guides. And so trips are running that 
Meredith doesn't have to be out of the house for. And I think that's the ultimate goal is that we have 10 guides and we're running 20 or 30 trips across the year. And maybe Meredith and I are at two or three each where we, you know, where, where we have an important client or we're establishing a new route or something like that. So perfect. So that, that's, I think the the challenge, right? I see no reason why this, this seems like a good idea and worth testing, right? You're going to look back in 30 years and say, I'm glad I tested this idea, even if it goes poorly, instead of had another 30 grand in my Roth IRA at, at this point in our lives before we have kids and all the other stuff that might come up next, right? So, um, for, for that. So I, I think it's a way better bet to put the cash into your savings account for the next 12 months and prep this thing and really give it a good shot next year. Um, in my opinion, it's just a, it's just a good bet from what I'm hearing, but that's it, right? Is how does, how does Meredith, your wife really dial in on the unit economics, find the profitable trips, try to get at least 50, 60% occupancy, right? She's going to be traveling a lot that summer, right? Uh, uh, if this goes well for herself and get at least one or two guides on board, um, for this, right? Likely really outdoorsy college students who can do this during the summer, for example, Right, but how do you get that and make sure that 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 those trips go well and that we've got good good unit economics uh, on this? And if you got something viable, you can scale it. And then I think the other part of it is, what are we going to do in the off season? There's only so much you can do to market this thing in the off season. So many so many amount of bookings. It's clearly going to be a part time job. You can check your email once a day um, and, and book these things uh, as far in advance as you can as you can get. But I think that there's opportunity to de-risk the situation by finding some sort of seasonal off-season work, um, perhaps New Zealand. But I think that's unlikely given the fact that you're working a full-time job. Um, that'll be that'll be hard, right? To have one of you in yeah. Maryland, the other in New Zealand for all of the winter. Um, so yeah, maybe there's a vacation or something. Yeah. There. But I think that's that's the the game, and I think there's a clear path. I think that getting you started with that, you'll be able to find ways to, 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 to do that. If you spend the next year really honing your numbers, sharpening your pencils and, and preparing your cash position for it. Yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense. And it also is one of those things where hearing you say that makes me smile. And I think when, when you, when there's things like that, you, you know, you can feel when it's a, a good idea. Um, so I, I like that a lot. I'm going to ask, do you have a social media presence and specifically Instagram? Yes, we have an Instagram. Okay. On this next upcoming trip, take a ton of video, take a ton of testimonial videos, take like videos of people riding their bikes past you or hiking or whatever it is you guys are doing. And those should be your, that should be your off season work. This next off season is to get good at video editing or hire, find somebody who is good at video editing and really make it look like you have the most fun place the most fun trips, the most fun. Like, why would I sign up with your company versus another company? Maybe your company is the cheapest or maybe your company is the best. What makes it the best? I've done one ride and having it supported was the best. I don't want to carry my own stuff. Um, I do a lot of hikes. I live in Colorado. There's a lot of things that appeal to a lot of different people. Maybe somebody would want a cheaper ride that they have to pack their own stuff on or you know, different options. I think an epic brainstorming with your wife, with some of your best guides as you're going along in the off season could help 2024 be even better. But um, I like what Scott is saying. I didn't consider that you had, um, I didn't do the math in my head and consider that that was after your 401k contributions. Um which is why I said I didn't see a path for you to be able to do this before the dog was was uh, finished. The do- I'm sorry, the dog uh, medical bills were finished. <laughs> that sounded horrible. This is exciting. I'm excited for you, and I'm excited to go on this bike trip. When do I come? When do I come out there? When, when does it start? June. June. <laughs> we'll see you in a month. Oh wait, I'm in Hawaii. Okay, uh, I'll check your schedule. Uh, what I think is fun about this and your story and and be the finance Fridays in general is it's all about what you want and what the most expedient way, re- expedient, reasonable way to get there is. And you didn't come in and say, I want to have 
financial independence at the earliest phase possible um, or the biggest pile of net worth in my retirement accounts at age 65, you said, I want to start, we want to, my, my wife, I want to create a situation where, or what we got to was, I want to create a situation where my wife can run this business full time and, and take it on from a reasonable situation. And your situation is really strong. You guys earn $225,000 in income, probably not inclu- not including the side, side income that you have for your business and not including annual bonuses, which I think uh, are probably a part of this. That uh, um, Is there an annual bonus for you or your wife? Yeah, it's not a, a big number. It's probably around $5,000, but we I kind of don't count that and just use it for emergencies of the pop-up. Perfect. Yeah. Well, you've also got a real estate portfolio that's going to amortize over the next 30 years and be worth two to $5 million. Uh, it's a huge range, but it'll be worth much something more than just today and be paid off, right? It's it's basically cash flowing and the, the payoff of your mortgage is there. So your retirement um, is not set, but it is, you're like way ahead of probably of almost all of your peers in terms of net worth and the investing that you've done. And it seems like it's a, in a sustainable position. So to me, that that screams, yeah, stick it all in cash and bet on yourselves, right? All you got to do is beat a 10% annualized ROI with this, with this, uh, this business. I, I think, you know, odds are you're going to lose, uh, of half a year of earnings at most in your first year. Um, uh, prop, uh, that, that's your downside and your upside is within five to 10 years, you built a business that generates a few hundred thousand dollars, um, or a hundred thousand, a couple hundred thousand dollars a year and is worth two or three times that amount. So that's a good bet to me. I'd make that all day over the Roth and uh, an index fund. Yeah, that that sounds good. It's a lot, a lot more camping. a lot more fun than looking at my Roth balance, uh, anyways. So and then max the Roth next year. Um, I did have, I have, I've heard you say this before, Scott. Um, I think I have found the best HELOC in the entire world. Um, so I'm, I'll bring that to you. It is a 15 year draw period and a 15 year pay down period. And it's for investment properties. It's uh, as for primary properties. So okay, and which bank can you get this through? Mid Atlantic Federal Credit Union. Mid Atlantic Federal Credit Re- Union. Uh, they are not a sponsor of BP Money, but uh, David is is endorsing them. So go check them out. I certainly will after this episode, and see um, wh- uh, what kind of options exist there. Yeah, that's how, that's how I I built the portfolio with my last residence. I fixed it up, took out a D-lock, started buying rentals, and burring them. Uh, so that's. They were, they were great. Awesome. And you built a, a nice solid portfolio in Cleveland is what, what you said, I think. Yep, just outside Cleveland. Well, David, you, you're crushing it. Um, lots of good options here. We're so sorry to hear about Blaze and glad that he is on the path to recovery and you've got a, a good prognosis here. Um, we're sorry it's uh, so devastatingly expensive um, and very optimistic for the future with uh, to see how this business goes. You'll have to uh, uh, let us know how it turns out and what you guys decide to do heading into next year. Yeah, will do. And I'll see Mindy out there pretty soon, right, Mindy? Yes. Yes. I'll be the one that looks like this. All right. Thank you, David. Thank you, David. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. Hang up. That was David. And that was kind of exciting. But Scott, I think we do need to address the elephant in the room or the giant dog vet bills in the room and talk about pet insurance. I think it fundamentally comes down to a choice. It's Either you're one of those people who can set a limit and say anything over this amount, and I'm not going to fund it, and 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 sorry, and there, and that and plenty of pet owners have that mentality. Nothing wrong with that. That's how some people choose to approach that relationship. And other pet owners, uh, probably like my wife and I, there's no there's no limit. Fred, our kitten, who we're smitten with, uh, well, you know, had a had a, a an issue, and we spent three thousand dollars to uh, uh, resolve that issue. And so if you're in our camp um, and probably would be willing to spend whatever it took to restore the health of your family member, you got to have insurance um, that can cover it. We didn't. Um, Luckily, it wasn't $100,000, but I'm excited to learn which insurance to pick because that makes a big difference. And with that, I'd like to welcome Kaylin, our producer, onto the show. Kaylin, can you give us an overview of the options that pet owners have with insurance, what you've chosen personally, and where you would advise cat and dog owners, for example, specifically to look um, in, the, in that world? So I actually just got a very sweet uh, corgi puppy. So this sent me down the financial rabbit hole of how do I best position um, myself and having a new family member. Uh, so the backstory here is that my boyfriend has a special needs doggo. And so Zoe has uh, 
had she's like a thirty thousand dollar dog at this point, and so he's only had to pay ten percent of that because he chose a really great pet insurance, and so it really varies between breed is what I learned and age. And if they're a mixed breed versus um, a purebred, I do have a purebred Pembroke Welsh Corgi. So they are a little bit more expensive. Um, what I found is True Panion is great. Um, the one that I ended up choosing that I found the most cost effective was Healthy Paws. And for uh, for Walter, the Corgi, it's um, 60 bucks a month, uh, $250 deductible, and it covers uh, 90% of his vet bills. So that's a pretty substantial um, amount if he ever were to have an issue like our other dog has had. So I, I highly recommend it to people. You can just go in and do a lot of researches. Uh, pumpkin is good. Trupanion is good. Um, there's a lot of them out there. I just found that one to be the most cost effective. Uh, just I want to let everybody know the cost will go up if your dog is older. And so if you're just getting your pet pet insurance, and let's say they're six or seven, um, that is factored in because that dog is going to have more issues uh, as they age. Kaylin, our guest today said that his original pet insurance plan had a cap. Other than a cap, is there anything else that listeners should be looking at in pet insurance? Yeah, that's actually a really good question. So other plans may cover things like dental or it may cover part of wellness visits. Um, I looked into some plans that actually did have that. Uh, I found that I did the math on it and it was an additional like $30, $40 a month to have that that factored in. And if you if you look at it, you look at the cost of that visit, it it didn't math out over the course of the year. So for me, the biggest thing to look at is an unlimited cap. What do you want your deductible to be? And do they actually pay the vet? Or do they, or do you have to fund it and then they pay you in a week or two? Um, I end up choosing the option that I would have to pay out of pocket for and then they pay me back versus um, someone directly paying the vet. But that's because it was less per month and it had all the benefits of an uncapped um, max. Awesome. So it's like shopping for any other type of insurance, but um, perhaps a secret liability or something that is building um, for many millions of pet owners out there that they're not considering. Um, and look, you got to know yourself there. Are you the type of person who's going to say no to a bill like what Blaze had? Or are you the type of person who's going to say yes? And you have to factor that in. Um, and you might want to, if you're on the fence, be conservative and go with the, I'm probably the person who's going to you know, pay to save my dog's life um, thing. Because I think that in the moment that will be very hard for folks. So or at least that's how it would be for me. And like, just think about it, like you've chosen to take on this liability and additional responsibility in your life. So it's up to you to figure out what type of life you want that pet to have. And I think 60 bucks a month, 80 bucks a month, you know, put pet food on top of that. What's that? $100 a month, $120. I don't think that's a big ask uh, to extend the life of your pet. Great. And we have no financial affiliation, as far as I know, uh, in any capacity, but I've never, never talked with anybody from the insurance provider that you chose. Um, so this is not an ad. This is just a discussion amongst uh, uh, the three of us. So that may change in the future one day. We don't know, but that's not um, something that we have any ongoing relationship with. Thank you so much, Kaylin. Well, uh, uh, pet owners, you're encouraged to go look at insurance. Healthy Paws may be a good place to start or to include in your search for that um, so that you don't have a situation like David's. David is very fortunate to have the means to be able to cover this in cash flow within the next year and still move towards his financial goals of starting a um, wonderful trip business. Uh, other folks, this could have been devastating and set them back a much longer period of time. All right, Scott, should we get out of here? Let's do it. In honor of Kaylin's cute little corgi puppy who looks like one of those blow-dried cows, I will say that wraps up this episode of the Bigger Pockets Money podcast. He is Scott Trench, and I am Mindy Jensen saying bye for now, fluffy cow. That was a very moving outro, Mindy. <laughs> If you enjoyed today's episode, please give us a five-star review on Spotify or Apple. And if you're looking for even more money content, feel free to visit our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash biggerpocketsmoney. Bigger Pockets Money was created by Mindy Jensen and Scott Trench. Produced by Kaylin Bennett. Editing by Exodus Media. Copywriting by Nate Weintraub. Lastly, a big thank you to the Bigger Pockets team for making this show possible. 
There's a reason small multifamily investing is so popular in the Bigger Pockets community. With just a 3.5% down payment, you can own up to four different units. Think about it. If you house hack and live in one of the units, you still have three different groups of tenants helping to pay down your mortgage each month, four kitchens and bathrooms you can renovate to increase your property value, four different Airbnbs, medium-term rentals, or other rental strategies you can try in one property, all in just one transaction. Of course, the question is, where do you find a small multifamily property that you can afford? Which market and which deal is best for you? Once you close, how do you manage it, optimize it, keep scaling, and living your life without being tied down by four leaky toilets or four fussy tenants? These are all great questions, all to be answered in the upcoming Small Multifamily Bootcamp with Chris Lopez and Leica Devtha. So if you're serious about growing your portfolio with this highly efficient strategy, head to biggerpockets.com slash four today and join us in the Small Multifamily Bootcamp. That's biggerpockets.com slash F-O-U-R. See you there. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. Past performance is not indicative of future results, and all host and participant opinions are their own. Investment in any asset, real estate included, involves risk. Use your best judgment and consult with qualified advisors before investing. Only risk capital you can afford to lose. Bigger Pockets LLC disclaims all liability for direct, indirect, consequential, or other damages arising from reliance upon information presented in this podcast.